we did talk about joy on Sunday, did we not? Yes? About how we need to turn our lives in out. Okay, so let's show that joy level. And tonight we should be really joyous because we've got some extended family members that to be with us tonight, and we are so happy to have them. Dr. Egan Falk and Miss Hannah, all the it's so funny, we've got church family in Botswana that went over to Botswana, and then God just brought the rest of our church family from Tanzania to join us here. So let's stand to our feet tonight, and let's honor this amazing couple as they come and minister the word. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Buona Yesu asifiwe. Amen. No, no, no. Amina. Buona asifiwe in Swahili means praise the Lord. Hakuna hmm? matata. No problem. Jambo. Habari gani? Habari gani? How are you? In, in Tanzania, we have one, 130 tribes. And every tribe has their own language and their own culture. So we have one national language to join together the whole nation. It's Swahili. So when we came to Tanzania in 1900, and, 1900 my goodness. <laughs> 1900. I think that's a long time ago. <laughs> 1974, uh, I was younger. I'm still young, but I was younger. And my wife, she was younger. And we had two small kids, and we had dropped off in nowhere in Tanzania. And didn't know anything, had to learn everything. But 49 years later, God is faithful. And God is able. Amen. Amen. So, because, you know, in Africa, I always tell people, if you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to sit, you can sit. If you want to be on the floor, you can be on the floor. But if you sleep, that's not okay. <laughs> I will wake you up. Should I sit down? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. I, I mean, uh, <clears throat> when we came to Tanzania... <clears throat> And um, you, I had to learn Swahili. I, by the way, I never learned. I, I, I never, never learned English. I, I just trying to pick it up. Or well, the Holy Spirit has to help me or help you to understand me. Um, but, you know, it, it takes some time to learn a foreign language, especially when you're preaching. And, uh, <clears throat> of course, I was struggling. And, of course, I made mistakes, and I'm still doing mistakes. Not that I want to do mistakes, but it happens. Um, and in church, um, Sunday morning, oh, don't mess me up. No, don't, okay. <laughs> uh, there, was, there was a guy, I mean, it looks like he was praying for me. He was leaning over and he was holding his head. His eyes was closed. I thought he was praying for me. He was a good brother. But after some Sundays, I recognized he was not praying for me. He was sleeping. <laughs> so I got, uh, uh, I mean, I got ir irritated. <laughs> Nobody here happens to you. You get irritated. Never. No, you, you are angels. <laughs> but I got irritated. So one day. Uh, as I was trying to preach and struggling, I walked down, and he was sitting like this, and I, poof, took his hand, and he woke up. So I'm just warning you. That's why I'm telling you. No, then after the service, I thought I went, I went too far. Maybe I offended him, so I had to see him. I said, brother, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, you know, I, I was tempted, I was irritated, and I did it. Uh, I, probably it was wrong. Can you forgive me? Then he looked at me and said, no, no, no. You don't have to ask for forgiveness. You helped me. I helped you? Yes, I, I, I mean, I was so tired, so I was sleeping, so you woke me up, so I could listen to the word. I want to bless you. 
you never got that. Uh, you never got that. I mean, uh, some, some people get gets very upset and other people uh, see it as an opportunity uh, and a blessing. Amen? Amen? And by the way, I'm so glad to see you tonight, Wednesday night. Uh, not many churches have Wednesday night services. Uh, Monday night we went to a prayer service in Mansfield, and, and there were so many people. It's, I think God is going to do something. I, I'll try it again. I think and I believe God has an agenda to do something greater than ever before. Amen? Yeah, I receive it too. You better receive it and believe it. Because if you don't believe it and receive it, it's not going to happen to you, but it's going to happen to somebody else. Amen? Amen? So, you know, we are missionaries. And we were here one year ago, I think, July last year. So a lot of stuff had happened since last year. And I just want to mention some few. Oh, by the way, you know, I have a wonderful wife. My first wife. It's my first wife. It is. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> you know, we live in Africa, and in our nation in Africa, we can have many wives if we want, even me. I just have to sign a document, and I can have more than one wife. And one day, I told my wife, it's possible for me to have more wives. She said, go ahead. I'm leaving. <laughs> so I keep her. She's my first and my last. <laughs> so, and she's a blessing to us in our ministry. Um, so, since last year, we, we added one more school, children's schools. So now we have four schools. And this, this for me, is amazing. Because when I, when, I, when I went to school, we have some kids here tonight. Uh, and we have a teacher here. Don't get offended. I hated school. And I didn't like the teachers. Not at all. And I didn't, I didn't do too good. And you know, every year we had examines and, and you get your book, the, the, I mean, everything, you know. And, and then the teacher, the head teacher wrote, if, if Egon wants, he can do better. <laughs> so I had to show it to my dad because he had to sign the book. And I hold it and hide it very long. Until dad said, where's the book? <laughs> and every year, he was preaching to me. I thought he was preaching to do better. And I promised and I promised and I promised and promised. I didn't. So for me, it's somehow strange that God, God, not me, God gave us schools or the vision to have schools. God is so awesome, you know. What you don't like, God, he likes. And he can turn it around and do the best out of it. So, so I mean, I, I, I'm, that's the truth. I, I wouldn't have a school in Africa, nowhere in the world, if it, it couldn't be a Christian school. Of course, we have to follow the, the laws of Tanzania and of the, the school system, but it's Christian schools. We pray with the kids. We teach the word. We worship, and it's real church. It's awesome, and we are changing generations. Amen? So last year, last year, we were ready to go on a crusade. Uh, the, 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 the car was, was packed, and we went down to our office to pick up a couple of people, and then walked in a couple, a Tanzanian couple. I never seen them before, Christian couple. I didn't know they had a, had a school, and they said, we, we can't make, make it anymore. They were bankrupt, and they were sick, and they said, we believe that you are going to buy our school. And uh, <clears throat> I'm not that young anymore. I'm still young. I'm not too old. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I, I couldn't talk to them because I had to drive for two days. I, I told them, talk to my office and we can meet later. And actually, Hannah and I said, no, we don't want another school because it costs money. We had to pay for it, even if they were bankrupt, you know. 
So, I, I mean, I mean, why should we take an other step by faith? And it's not, uh, I mean, it's not $100, but it's thousands of dollars. So, okay, our Tanzanian board wanted to have the school. I said, okay, you can make a deal with them. We will be on the sideline. And he made an awesome good deal with them. And we are paying off the school as we are going. And within one year, we paid off two-thirds. That's awesome. That's awesome. Even for an old man. No, you shouldn't laugh now. Young man. <laughs> so, so God is so good. And there were hardly no children in the school because it was down. But now that school has 106 six students. And is growing as we are renovating the school. So God, you know, even, even, even I know, you know, we are from Europe. And in Europe, they have another system. And they thought I should retire a long time ago. Because when I was 62, all the pastors has to retire. And most of them. And actually, I'm the oldest one active in Denmark of all the pastors and missionaries. So people think, when are you going to retire? And I'm telling you tonight, I will never retire. I will just refire. Amen. Because, because I believe God, no, no, let me put it like this. Moses, it did something terrible wrong. You can read it in, in the Bible. So Moses, you don't have to listen to it tonight, but the, people can read it in the Bible. And now he was out in the wilderness, and he was 80 years old, and God showed up in a burning bush. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I want God to show up in a burning bush. I want him to show up again and again and again and again. And it's not over in, until it's over. Amen? Amen? So now, uh, we have a Bible school for ministers, and I would never have a Bible school because I'm an evangelist. I want to travel and preach in, in my crusades. And, but finally, okay, we had to start a Bible school, and last year we graduated in the month of December 1,200 ministers. Believe it. I knew about it, and I'm teaching them together with other teachers, Oh, 1,200. And, and our program grows from diploma all the way to PhD. That's strange because I didn't like school. So last December we had a graduation for the very first time in our Bible school. We have 10 pastors, PhD. Wow. And I pretended I had a PhD too. <laughs> which I didn't have. But it's good to pretend. <laughs> And it's so amazing. Last year, the police chief of Arusha, the city we live in, he attended the Bible school. The police chief. Not attended, but he graduated. And then at the graduation, I knew about it, but, but I never met him. I didn't know who it was. He came over to me, a guide, and he said, by the way, if you ever need to speak directly to the president, I'm the door opener. The door open. He can open the door. I think that's awesome. I mean, I think that's awesome. We don't teach politics. We don't teach religion. We teach the word of God. I think that's awesome. And, and then for a whole year, there was a guy from Congo, from Kinshasa, a high-ranking military officer. I go attending some studies for a whole year in our, in our city in, uh, in regards to military studies. And every Sunday he was sitting at the front row in our church. And June he finished and wanted, uh, had to go back to Kinshasa, Congo. And then he came to us and he said, I am changed. Just sitting on the pew, listening to the word of God, Listening to the preaching, being in this environment. So now I go home, and he, by the way, he was a lay preacher. I ask for permission to start a new church in your name in Kinshasa. Oh, you're not excited, so I pretend I'm not excited. But really, I am excited. 
So our ministry is spilling over, especially through the, the, the Bible school, to Malawi, to Zambia, to Congo, to Burundi, uh, to, to many of the neighboring countries. And not a long time ago, there was a guy, I mean, trying to connect with me, and he's in Bujumbura, the capital of Burundi. God saved him. It's a long story, I'll make it short. And God called him, and he started his ministry, started the church four years ago. Today, he has almost 5,000 members. If it can happen in Africa, I believe it can happen in Minden. Oh, you're not excited? Huh? Huh? It can. It can. And by the way, I, 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 I mean, I've been invited to Pakistan for many, many years, and I didn't want to go to Pakistan. I didn't want to go to Pakistan. So what happened four or five years ago, I recognized a guy in, in my, my meetings. Uh, he's not an African, and uh, he talked to me. He's, he's a refugee. I mean, he, he was a pastor, minister, but he had to flee because of Taliban. You heard about Taliban. So in, he fled and he came to Tanzania. He, he came like a refugee, but he decided, I don't want to be a refugee. I'm a missionary. So instead of being a refugee, he's a missionary, serving God in Tanzania. And he had asked me again and again to go together with him to Pakistan. And finally, he won me over because we are going to a big city called Quetta. And I found out it's on the red zone. Do you understand the red zone? I mean, it's a warning. Don't go there. <laughs> Don't go there. That's why I want to go there. Because nobody else goes there. So uh, in September, uh, the first, second, and third, I'm renting the cricket stadium. And I expect twenty-five to 30,000 people attending and I would have a, 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 a seminar for pastors and ministers for two days, in and out. So I asked him, how can we get the permission? This is a Muslim nation, you know, not a Christian. He's, he was just smiling and laughing. He said, the, the big shot in Quetta, he's a Christian. And he's the head of security as well. So he will give you bodyguards. And, and he went uh, some months ago to do the preparation and then they sent a picture of my bodyguards seven guys you can only see two eyes and an AK-47 and they wrote don't worry <laughs> but I believe in God's protection and I believe as you join hearts together with us and praying it, something great will happen in Pakistan I, I truly believe it. So, you know, when my age, when you think about it, you should take it easy. God is telling me, speed up. Not to slow down. So I have another minister in, in, in the nation of Nepal. And he was a Hindu. He was a Buddhist. Uh, and he got saved. And without any help, he started the church. And he started churches all, all over Nepal. So he asked me to be his mentor. So now I have to go to Nepal as well. And I'm excited. So somebody asked me, are, are you leaving Tanzania? Never. Tanzania is our base. And it's a time for the Africans who we served for 49 years to be missionaries themselves. Amen. Amen. So I, I could tell you, I mean, I could go on and I don't want to do that. But I have some videos. I mean, I, when I come over here and I look at your, your, your video stuff and up there is so professional, I feel so bad. Because I don't have any who can help me. Oh, I have somebody who can help me, but the quality is no good. No good. So I have some shots. Now, a shot, I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I have some clips from my iPhone. It's, it's not edited or anything. It's the raw thing. And, and the first one is from the last crusade. The first two is from the last crusade. In June, just before coming over here, we, we, we did a crusade. We went back home. We stayed in our home for three days, and then we flew over to U.S., it's, it's a small village. That's nothing. 
Amen. Amen. Even, even when you look at Minden, Minden has something. Out there is nothing. A lot of dust. No hotels. No water. I mean, no nothing. But I was so surprised to see all the people coming. And almost 4,000 people signed up as newborn Christians wanting the follow-up from the local churches. Can we run it? Number one and number two. And it's okay to do this. Next one. Come on. Two, three. So, if you really look at the crowd, there are a lot of, lot of young people. Lot of young people. So where are the elderly people? Dead. Dead. They don't survive. There are elderly people, but not that many. It's young people. So you see, me as a granddad, or great granddad, but grand, big, now I can't speak, forget about it. <laughs> when, you're, when you preach to young people, you have to pretend you are young yourself. Amen? Yeah. I mean, I go back home to Denmark and visit, and I meet my, my old friends, and even some of them are younger than me. They look so old. <laughs> Their clothing is so old. Their shoes are so old. They're walking so old. They look so tired. Old, old, old. <laughs> but when you preach to young people, something happened to you. Amen. So, uh, we work in Sudan as well. And right now in Sudan, it, it's, it's, for 50 years they had wars. And right now there's another war going on in Sudan. And the first time I went to Sudan, um, I had a crusade not far from Kafur, Darfur. It was just a big village, dusty. It was 110 degrees in the afternoon when I was preaching. I mean, a lot of people. The second time I went, I went to the capital of South Sudan, Juba, and do a pastor's conference. And it was, it was, the move of the Holy Spirit was so, so awesome, so strong. So I rented the hall. Because, I mean, they, they don't have anything. So I rented the hall, and I mean, it was dark, and um, I mean, I don't think I can explain. But when you teach a whole day, from morning to, to uh, late noon, you know, uh, you, you, you need a restroom sometimes. And there was a restroom. Uh, you call it restroom. Rest. So when I entered in the, 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 the door to the restroom, the rest was gone. <laughs> and I didn't need it. And it's, it's incredible, incredible how long you can hold it. Got me. So we finished. It was Monday morning. We're sitting on the uh, plane and ready to go back to Tanzania. And my wife, she looked at me and smiled. And she said, never ask me, never again, to follow you to Sudan. I asked, I asked her, why? She said, I can't handle to see the suffering of the people. And people are suffering. Suffering. So I went again alone in um, March, April this year. I went to a couple of cities. And I want to show you the videos from there. I, I, I didn't do a crusade because I, I feel that we need to teach them, that lead us, the word of God. So they can take the next step and build the churches of God. And, and, and you, will, you will recognize in 
in one of the video, video there hardly know any men. It's women. They are the leaders of the churches because the men are dead in wars. And you will see somebody, uh, a little bit strange for us, but they are Catholics. And they come and attend as well. And, uh, 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 and also, there's a group of younger people worshiping, singing, and I was really touched in my heart. And actually, I'm not a crying preacher, but I was crying because I knew the story. They were displaced people. Why? Because 2013, 14, the Noah tribe was slaughtered. Within two or three years, they killed 400,000 people. So, I mean, they killed everyone. Babies, elderly, they kill them all. And behind them, after they kill them, trucks are picking up the bodies to erase the proof of the onslaught. Now, they were, were in my seminar worshiping God, and I knew their stories. It touched my heart. How can you worship God? How can you feel peace? How can you feel joy? When you know about so many people who are slaughtered and you saw it and you fled. Let us show the next one. Getting tired. <laughs> and actually, the national TV came. Oh, just a moment. Just a moment. Just a moment. Actually, the national TV came uh, and uh, they made a documentary and they showed it. National TV. I mean, here's a, here's a, here's a guy from a small Baltic uh, uh, island in the Baltic Sea. Didn't like the school, hated the school, didn't like the teachers. You never know what God can do. It's not because of me. Everything is because of God. You never know what God can do for you in the future. It's bigger than you can imagine. Amen? Amen. So I want to take you to, to the crusade in, in, in Sudan. There's two clips. Amen. I like to preach for people who are excited. I will try it again. 
I love to preach for people who are excited. <laughs> I know we are in the Western world, and you are, you are more than excited than the European churches. I tell you, going to the European churches, I'll leave it there. <laughs> but you have to remember that most of those people are not born again Christian. And they are still excited. Why? Because it is the good news. So now I took a lot of time to talk about the ministry, but we have to go, go to the Word of God. I just want to encourage you tonight. I believe, I believe, I, I know you, you are a believer too, but I believe, I, I mean, I'm convinced. Not only I believe, I know that I know that I know that any condition or you can call it any natural condition, can be changed by the Word of God. Why? Because the Word of God is a supernatural world, Word. The Word of God. Africans, they love to sing. They can sing for hours. And when we do the crusades, there are so many choirs. And I don't need all the choirs singing, but they love it and people love it. And sometimes I, I just tease them a little bit that the Bible don't tell that the world will be saved by the singing. God can use it, and certainly he does. It's very, very important, very, very valuable. But the word of God tells me God is going to save the word through the preaching of his word. I will try again. I don't know if you have some preachers here. You should be happy if you are. Just a lay preacher. God has decided to save the world through the preaching of his word. The word of God is very powerful. I will try it again. The word of God is very powerful. The word of man is very powerful. You can destroy people's lives just by words, threatening words, lying words, and so on and so forth. You can lift up people, you know, by your words. Amen? Amen? I have learned because I've been married to my wife. It sounds strange. Married to my wife. Of course, it is. Of course I'm married to my wife. <laughs> to, to tell her, as often I can remember, you look good. Oh, I'll try again. As often I remember, I mean, we have been married for 54 years. Tell her, I love you. You look good, my sugar dumpling. <laughs> I have many words. <laughs> and when she's talking to me, she's lifting me up. Words. Words can kill. Words can give life. Any Natural circumstances. I, I, I just remember now, when we were young, even before we got married, we bought, we bought a car together. Uh, a Volkswagen. The bubble. Whatever you call it. The bug. The very 1957 model. So, um, was that or we got a new one? I can't remember. But it, it was a, a bug. And I, I was supposed to pick my Hannah up and we were supposed to go to a service, and I parked outside a house, and I went in the house and picked up, went back to the, to the Volkswagen, and it was dead. Never happened before. The battery was dead, just like this. So we looked at each other, what should we do? We were very poor young people. We went back to her room, and we prayed to God to give us a miracle. A dead car. A dead battery. We went out again, put the key in, and ignited it, and it worked. And I never changed the battery. Never had a problem. Natural. Natural. Our life is natural, even if we are spiritual. Amen? I mean, you might not believe me, but you better believe me, because I'm not just telling stories, I'm telling testimonies. 
We moved from Denmark before moving to Africa in 74. 1970, we moved to Denmark and lived in Norway. Moved from Denmark to Norway for four years. I was traveling. I was traveling. And I tell you, we were poor. Poor. I mean, I could have 300 meetings a year, but what he gave me, God forgive them. Sometimes they didn't give me money enough to buy gas to drive home again after whole week's revival meetings. We were poor. I left my wife at home. We had two small kids and without money. I came back home one time. We didn't have money. We didn't have food. We finished everything before going to bed. And I can't believe it. We didn't worry. Not at all. We slept. I slept good the whole night. Next morning, I woke up and I wanted to go out of the house. And I couldn't. The door was opening out. And I couldn't open it. So I had to force it open. There was something hindering the door. And I squeezed out the door. <laughs> we didn't have breakfast. We didn't have anything for our kids. We didn't have coffee. We didn't, everything was empty. But outside there, the door was a big, big box. And I wondered what it was. And I opened the box. It was food, 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 food for thousands of dollars. I never figured out who, who did it. God can change the natural. The natural can be against you. Amen? Amen? So I, I, we do our crusades in open-air meetings, so we do it in the dry season. When there's no rain, you can't do it in the rainy season because it's raining. And people are not coming, and the, the equipment is, it will be destroyed. So I remember one crusade. It was close to the rainy season, but it wasn't rainy season yet. And it was in a Muslim village. And as I was preaching, I saw the heavy... African dark blue clouds coming closer and they are full of water. And I told people, the, the Christians, we have to pray so God can stop the rain. And some people said, God is not, God is not stopping rain. We prayed, we prayed. And it started to rain and it came closer. We were on a football field. But that's the truth. That the rain stopped right at the border of the football field. I tell you, I was excited. God, listen. God did a miracle. Changed the natural rain. Stopped it. Not only stopped it, but stopped it at the borders, at the football field. And when we left the field, we got wet. So I heard some of the Muslims say, it wasn't God, it just happened. You know. it's, it's funny, something just can happen like this, you know. It just happened, it just happened. So the next day, I, I, was, I, I was fired up. And I said, now we will pray and thank God because the rain didn't touch us. And we will pray no more rain this week. We will finish the crusade Sunday night. And we will pack everything down, down Sunday night. And when we are leaving with our 18-wheelers and our trucks, leaving the village behind us, you will have rain in the name of the Lord. Amen. Maybe sometimes we are, we are too excited. I don't know. But if we are too excited, God has to save us. So we finished the whole week. No rain. Monday, we were ready to leave. We, we started to driving out of the village. Suddenly behind us, I saw the heavy clouds coming. I stopped the car, went outside the car, and it was pouring down over the village. I had a dance. <laughs> God can change the natural. He can. He stopped the storm. For his disciples. But listen, nothing, I mean, the rain continued and continued and continued. And one day in Arusha, in my home, there was a guy outside my house. He wanted to talk to me. I, I didn't know anything about it. He said, I'm sent by the government from that village where you did the crusade. And the government is asking you to pray to your God to stop the rain. It's more than enough. And it was several weeks later. God 
can prove himself to be the they almighty God. Amen. And I believe, I believe, I believe before Jesus is coming back for his church, I believe God is showing up supernaturally. We can't plan it. We can't organize it. But we can believe it and trust him. I mean, I would just mention some, some, some testimonies from the word of God. There's a guy called Daniel. I mean, I live in Africa. We have lions. I know we have lions in U.S., but in the zoos. Our lions are not in the zoo. They're wild. They're real. So, Daniel, he ended up in the pit with the lions. And he was starving. Because the leaders wanted him to be killed by the lions. But when he was walking around the lions, the lions couldn't harm him. Harm him at all. He couldn't do him any harm. Lions. There were more than one. Amen. I think they were happy. They, were, they start to pray, God, God, we want you to sanctify Omuil today. Thank you. Let it be good to all. But no. <laughs> they were ready to finish him. But it wasn't the will of God. So the lions, naturally, they will destroy him. In a split of a second. But God stopped them. So they couldn't do it. Daniel, he had three friends. They didn't obey him to worship the statue. And they knew the consequences in the fire, in the furnace. And the leader was so furious. He was so angry. So he said, you have to fire up seven times more than usual. So even the gods taking them over to the pit of fire, they were, they were, they were killed by the fire. But they walked around in the fire. Oh, I heard that story when I was a little child. I went to Sunday school. I loved it. Walking around in the fire. And then the leader came and I was looking in and said, Oh, wasn't the three guys we put in there? Yes, sir. It was three guys. Oh, comes I can see four guys. I love the fourth guy. The man. Jesus. He showed up. So the fire couldn't do them any harm. And when they walked out, nothing was destroyed. There was no smell. The natural God changed to supernatural. Amen? Amen. And, 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 and the gospel, there's a guy, his name is Lazarus. He was a good friend of Jesus and his sisters as well. So now he, he became ill. And so didn't you? We will, we will send somebody for Jesus and they will bring Jesus because they are friends. And when Jesus is coming, Lazarus will be healed. And Jesus, he took a good time. And when he, when he came, Lazarus, he was dead and he was buried. Three days in the tomb. But you know what Jesus, he did? He called him out of the tomb. I mean, his body, I mean, it's gross. It is gross. I know it's gross. But it's real. His body, I mean, it was stinking of death. But when Jesus got Lazarus come out, he came out. Every natural, everything natural in our life can be changed. Can be changed. Maybe I can't change it. Maybe you can't change it. But he can change it. I'm a fisherman's son. I mean, I grew up a fisherman I mean, I heard the story of Peter walking on water. And I wanted to walk on water as well. So where I grew up, that's not a smooth beach. Sandy beach is big rocks. So I went down to the big rocks. And I said, Jesus, I heard about Peter, the fisherman, was so stupid and so dumb. So he thought he could walk on water. And he did. Now I want you to prove it for me so I can walk on water. I jumped into the water. And I thank God I learned to swim before I did it. <laughs> I've been, never been walking in water. I've been swimming in the water. But still I believe it's possible. But Jesus never called me to walk on water. But he can change the natural to be supernatural. Amen? Amen? It's not possible. 
But God makes everything possible. <laughs> so, uh, Jesus, I mean, Jesus, I mean, Jesus is so wonderful. I mean, Jesus, I, I'm so excited about Jesus. Why? Because he's the same yesterday and today and tomorrow and, to next, and next week and next month and next year and for eternity. So Jesus, he attended the wedding. It wasn't his relatives. He was not responsible, but he just attended the wedding. And there was a lot of people, more people than they expected, like in Africa, because that's food, that's drinks. Now, the wine wasn't enough. So they went to Mary. And don't get me wrong, if you, if you were, if you still are Catholic, don't, don't, don't get angry. Because if you get angry or upset, you're not going to sleep very good tonight. So she, they came to Mary. Just think about it. Mary, could you talk to your son? So he, he I mean, they believed in him. Somehow they believed in him. But he was afraid going direct to him. I mean, we are out of wine, and it's a shame. We can't start to serve the milk or tea or, or, or whatever. We need more wine. But Mary, she got a little bit upset. Why do you disturb me? Go to him. So if you're a Catholic, don't disturb Maria. Go to Jesus. You have the permission of Maria. Go to Jesus. And why should Jesus intervene? Why should he do it? But anyhow, he did it. You know the story, you know. Uh, and water became wine. And it became the best wine. Better than the first wine. And I believe the last wine in, in the last days are the better wine. The wine of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't have to do it. Why should he do it? He showed his glory. And then it's written that his disciples believed in him. I asked myself, didn't they believe in him before? They followed him. But when they saw it, they believed in him. Natural become supernatural. Just think about your salvation. I believe you're born again. Oh, you're not excited. You're not born again. Huh? Born again means you are forgiven of all of your sins. But of course, I look at some of you, you have never sinned. Never, ever. The Apostle Paul said, and, 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 and the, Second Corinthians chapter 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, not in the church, not in an organization, but in Christ Jesus, he's an old sack. No. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new, new, new person. The old has passed and everything becomes new. And I have seen people, I would, let me give you one example. Uh, before I went into full-time ministry, I, I studied for four years and four months and I became a mecha mechanical engineer. And I worked for two weeks only. I mean, I'm still working, but for a company. And, and, uh, and, and there were no Christians. I was mocked. And one of the guys, he was awful. He was like the devil. I mean, he was so bad. So even the other guy stopped him many times. You are taking it too far. So in the beginning, I prayed for him. And here's the funny stuff. If it's funny, I don't know. <laughs> I prayed for him. He got worse. Have you experienced when you pray for someone or for something, the problem is getting worse? But I'm telling you tonight, it's just because the devil have read the end result and he wants to stop it. So the situation in the natural realm is getting worse. So I decided, and in my mind, his name is Carl, but in my mind, he was just like the devil. So why should I pray for the devil? The devil is not going to heaven. The devil can't get saved. And I got rid of him in my mind when I left the company and I went into full-time ministry, went to Africa. Years went by and I came home to my island. I went to the church Sunday morning, should preach. And who was the leader of the service? The devil. I mean the Carl. 
What happened? He got saved. I thought it was impossible because he was so evil. But for God, or with God, everything is possible. He can change the natural. You can recognize and see and hear and feel to be supernatural. And he will do it. And he was not a preacher. He was not a pastor. But when he saw the announcement, I'm coming, he told the pastor how evil he was against me. So the pastor said, we will give him a surprise. And I was surprised. And I, I have a sense in my spirit tonight, for some of you, maybe for all of you, God has some good surprises for you in the future. Amen. Suddenly. Suddenly. When you, are, when you are close to give up, and you talk yourself into the impossible, because some of us are doing it. Impossible. Now, God, it is so difficult. Now, God, it's, everything is against. Now, God, you're just talking into the impossible. But around the next corner, the next day, God suddenly shows up. Change the natural to supernatural. Amen? Amen? I mean, I, when I'm preaching, I like, to, I like to give my own testimonies. When we lived in Norway, we lived in a small village. And, uh, and going into the village, it was in the mountains. You, you have to go down the mountains and road. The road was like this. And, and, and on one side, there was a big lake. It was far down, far, far down. So now I've been out preaching for several weeks, going home. I wanted to see my wife and my children. I drove a little bit too fast. Because it was icy and snowy. I mean, nowhere's a lot of snow in the wintertime. But I thought, no problem. I can handle it. And I could handle it. But suddenly there was a big truck climbing the mountain. And right at the corner, he cut the corner. And there I was coming. I saw him and he saw me. And I went so fast. I knew I'm dead. I knew we are colliding head to head. I know funeral is coming. I'm mean, in a split second, what do you do? I was screaming one name, Jesus! And then I was the other side of the truck. I can't remember how it happened. That's impossible. I can't remember. I, I mean, I, God took me and my car over the big truck in the air, and we landed on the other side. So the next guy coming, a friend of mine, he didn't know anything about it. And he told the story as I was listening to him. He said, something strange happened on the road coming into our village, right in the corner. I mean, he said, I followed the track of a, a car in the snow, and suddenly there was no track. And further down, the tracks continued. I said, it was me. I was flying. And I believe I was flying. First class. I should be dead. There was no chance I could handle it. No chance the other driver could handle it. But God changed the natural. And it became supernatural. And when I preach like this, some people always say, read the book. Read the book. It's full of the supernatural. Because God is changing the natural to become supernatural. Just think about it. And I know I have to close. Ten minutes to eight. Moses took God's people Israel out of Egypt. From the slavery. And now they came to the Red Sea. And the whole army. Remember. The people of Israel were slaves. Then, for 400 years. They were not strong people. They were worn out people. Behind them. The army of Israel is coming to. Take them. Attack them. In front of them. The Red Sea. Nowhere to go. I don't know if you are there, nowhere to go. 
How many times in my life and ministry been there, nowhere to go. Didn't know what to believe. Didn't know what to say. Didn't know what to do. But Moses had a staff. Just a staff. Nothing else. And God said, lift it. I mean, I think everyone here can lift a staff. Lift it. Point at the Red Sea. And the natural will be changed to supernatural. And as he lifted his staff, the sea departed. And there was a dry way through the sea. Impossible. But not for God. Not for God. Everything is possible for God. He never changed. He never sent us uh, another book. It's still the same word. The living word. Think about David. I know you have heard about David. David, he was short. I mean, he was the last of the sons. And he was a short little guy. And nobody, nobody, nobody believed in him. I don't know if you're there. I've been there. Nobody believed in you. I've been there many times. Oh, here's this and here's that and all that stuff, you know. And, but you know the story? He took out the Goliath, the giant. The giant. The giant. They tried everything. He should use this and that. But he, he got rid of it. And he, he took his sling, just a sling, and some small rocks. And he went for, forward facing the giant. And then he released one rock and hit him in his forehead. And he was down. Natural, impossible. Supernatural, possible. You might have a giant in your life. You might have been praying and fasting and doing everything. And you think the giant will be there forever. I'm prophesying for you tonight. The giant is going down. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I don't care about what people is telling you. I care about what the word of God is telling me. He can change and will change the natural to be supernatural. Finally. I'm an evangelist. I have many finalists. You know about Jesus. He nailed him to the cross. Nails through his hands and his feet. Nails are inexpensive. Just nails. The Bible is telling me from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. Through his stripes, they hit him. We were healed. Not that we are going to be healed. We are healed. It, it means it's already a fact. Already. It's there. So if you're sick to your body, you're healed. Yeah, but I'm pain. Yeah, but the medicine is already there. It's already done. And in Psalms is written that we, we, it's written in his hands through the nails. It's in front of him every day, every moment. He remembers what it cost him when the nails pierce his hands. Healings, deliverance, not under curse, but under the blessing. Amen? Amen. And finally, <laughs> I know I'm lying. <laughs> But when you know you're lying, it's not a lie. <laughs> because you know, two years ago in U.S., I got sick. And I'm healthy. We were traveling many, many churches all over, driving, driving in the old Jeep. I don't know how many miles. Many, many. And some, I, suddenly I, I felt something in my stomach. But okay, it can happen, you know. I believed and we prayed together, but it got worse and worse and worse and worse. I wouldn't give in to it. So we drove it down to New Orleans Thursday. I was supposed to preach the last service Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Monday morning, returning back to Africa. So sun, Thursday night, I became very ill. And Hannah said, I, I, no, it was Friday night. 
Friday morning, was Friday morning? Yes, Friday morning, we took to urgent care, urgent care. And the doctor said, oh, I can't see anything, I can't find anything. If it's getting worse, you, you, you have to go to an emergency room. So fr Friday night, I got, Friday evening, I got really sick. And Hannah said, I, I'm taking you to the emergency. I said, no, I'm, you know, I'm stupid. No, no, I'm stubborn, not stupid. Sometimes stupid and stubborn. Yeah, yeah, it, it works together. <laughs> no, I was believing. I was trusting God for a healing miracle. So I said, let me go to bed. We will pray together tomorrow morning. If I'm not, if I'm not good, you take me to the emergency room. So I went to bed. And after that, I, of course, I can remember something, but I got very ill, and Hannah got very scared. So she called Pastor Sam Carr, and he called Pastor Frank Bailey. I was supposed to preach for him, and they sent somebody to pick me up, taking me to the emergency room. As I was in the emergency room, my appendix broke, erupted. It was terrible. It was painful. And they couldn't do the surgery because the poison was all over my stomach. So they pumped me with medication, and we were believing God, taking the bread and the wine every day, and uh, after 10 days, I was released, and he said, we can't do the surgery. We have to have medication and wait for four to six weeks. And long story short, Pastor Sam picked me up in an aircraft, brought me to Shreveport, and connected me to a, a, a surgeon in Shreveport. I mean, I was out. I was really out. And I was there in, in, in the room at the hospital in Shreveport, and for the first time I met the surgeon, he looked at me, he said, do you know the Bible? I said, yes, sir, I think I know the Bible. Then he said, I want to quote some word, some word for you, words from the Bible. So the doctor was quoting the Bible for me, and then he said, before anything else, I want to lay my hands on you and pray for you. I thought, is this a hospital or is this a church? So even everything natural is against you. God is in the suffering and the disease and the difficulties. He's still there. Even if you can't see him and even you can't feel him, he's there. So um, I met with him several times. I said, no, not yet. I can't do the surgery yet. After five weeks, he did the surgery. And it was, uh, it was wonderful, wonderful, having an expert, expert believing in God together with me, doing what he knows to do, but trusting in God. He's doing the right thing. Right. Amen. So God... When the natural is against you, he can orchestrate. You meet some people you never met before, you didn't know anything about. And they are just there, sent by God to take you through whatever you're going through. Amen? And now, finally. <laughs> and, and please don't get me wrong, because it, it, it doesn't sound, sound okay. But the time I was sick, I can't remember I ever received so, many, so much money in my life. I'll try it again. When I was down, I was, I mean, I mean the referee was counting. One, two, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand, six thousand, seven thousand, eight thousand, ten thousand. 20,000 people sent money from all the corners of the world. I was, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Of course, being hospitalized in the U.S. costs a lot of money too. But God, listen, listen, don't, 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 don't get me wrong. Even one pastor, I've known him since he was a teenager. I was there when he started his church. And I'm preaching him several times, but then he changed. I mean, he became, uh, he's different to me. He's more seeker-friendly. I'm not seeker-friendly at all. I mean, uh, yeah, I think I am, but you understand what I mean. So he didn't want me to come and preach, but he sent me a check of 10000 because I was sick. <laughs> I didn't have to preach, just to receive it. So what I'm telling you, in your mind, in your head, you try to figure it out. As you understand, 
But God is more than the natural mind. More is more, God is more than the match, natural circumstances. He can and he will change everything. He speaks his word even to the death and they become alive. Romans chapter 4, read it yourself. He talks, he speaks to things you can't see with your physical eyes. And suddenly you can see it with your physical eyes. God is an awesome God. God is an awesome God. And I think if you understand my, my message and my heart, you should be excited. Because you can walk home tonight and everything will be changed. Maybe not tomorrow morning, but sometimes in the future. God is preparing something greater for you. I mean greater, you can't imagine it. You can't dream about it because God is just God and he loves you so much and he wants to do it for you. Amen? Amen? Do you believe it? Receive it. Stand to your feet and let us pray together in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father.